Hey everyone, and uh, good to see you. And I'd just like to wish everyone a um, happy National Strawberries and Cream Day. I hope you enjoy your strawberries. Um, I think we might have some, but I'm not sure. So that's uh, going on today. And also, I wanted to let you know if you're new to our service or new to the church, or maybe you haven't been around for a while, what we're doing is we're going through a new sermon series today. Uh, and that sermon series is called Empowered. Uh, what we've been talking about is how the Holy Spirit empowers God's people out of the resurrection. Jesus died, he rose again from the dead, and he imbued his disciples with power by sending the Holy Spirit, and we're living that new resurrection life that Jesus promised all of his people. So it's been exciting. I've really enjoyed this series. I've enjoyed experimenting, not just talking about the Holy Spirit, but actually putting into practice. And so that, I've been hearing a lot of good reports, a lot of good God stories. I mean, on our God story Sunday, I think we had like nine or ten people share some things that are happening. So we want to keep pushing into that and keep experimenting, keep giving people an opportunity to grow. So we're going to do a little activity for those who are interested after at the end of the service. So I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, no obligation, of course, but it's a great way to practice and to experience what it means to be, be supernaturally supernatural people. And really, that's what uh, got me really interested in the Vineyard Movement over 20 years ago. I got to see the real power of God, people hearing from God, experiencing his presence. And that's why I got excited and I'm eventually you know, committing myself to doing ministry uh, within the Vineyard Movement because of how I've been impacted personally. And I've seen other people impacted as well. It's really exciting. We got some fun things coming up. So there's the prayer training that Nick had mentioned that's happening right after the service. We, it was at Adam's house uh, here locally in Conchahaka, but we wanted to make it easier and more accessible uh, for folks. So we're going to do it right after the service out here. We'll have some pizza. So <clears throat> please join us to learn how to hear from God. And then, uh, and Nick had mentioned, we had, we're going to be out in the streets in Conchahaka for the art show. And I'm going to say we're going to practice some um, prophetic prayer we're going to do some uh, prophetic art, prayerful art, and just experiment with some new ways of doing things and cooperating with the Holy Spirit in the streets. So that's, that's fun, and we're, we're, uh, we're, we're learning how to do that together as a community. So that'll be fun. And we're going to, if you're interested in that, come to the prayer training. We'll give you some um, tips, and we'll give you some guidance on how we're going to do that as well. So one of the things and one of the reasons we do this is because uh, people today are really curious and hungry for spiritual things. You may have noticed that there's been a rise in uh, New Age spirituality, New Age festivals. Um, there's more um, you know, tarot card reading and that kind of thing. You, you've maybe heard, and Teresa has mentioned before, how there's a witchcraft store that just opened up in Conchahokan. And all of those things are signs of pointing towards that people are looking for something spiritual. They're, they're, they're hungry. They're looking to hear from the spiritual dimension. There's, in fact... I want to show you this uh, graphic. So if you can pull that graphic up, Barner Research uh, study showed recently that the great majority of people uh, believe uh, in a spiritual dimension. They believe that regardless of the generation, whether you're young or old, that people believe in this higher power um, and that you, that you want or people want to grow spiritually. So, I mean, bottom line is there's a deep hunger. Now, there's certainly a large number or a fair number of atheists, but the large majority of people have this spiritual hunger, as research has shown again and again, uh, um, consistently. And I think most of us would want to, or at least desire to connect to a higher power. Whether you're a believer or not, there's, there's, there's certainly that interest and hunger that many of us have, and you may be here today. I mean, you might be, be here today. Whether you say, I want to hear from God, or a phrase that I hear often used is, what is the universe saying to me? 
I don't know if you've have everyone heard people use that phrase. I, I was just listening to a Taylor Swift interview. That wasn't by my choice. My wife made me watch it. Okay. But she's like, what is the universe saying to me by what, whatever? You know, this, this coincidence is happening. Not even kids' shows, they use that phrase. So whether you, you call it the universe or God or whatever, there's a curiosity or something more. There's, there's something, in other words, there's something beyond what we f- see in the physical realm, that there's a spiritual realm that exists, and there's a hunger and a curiosity. And I think increasingly so as things uh, become more difficult. And so it's most likely if you're here, uh, you probably have a curiosity about things of the spirit, spiritual things, the spiritual dimension, hearing from God. Uh, and today what I want to do is explore that question, what does it look like to hear from God? How do, how do I do that? And um, some of you may be thinking, well, that, that might seem like a far-fetched idea, hearing from God. Or others might think, I can't do that. Maybe that's for super spiritual people like Katie leading worship, you know, she can do it, but I can't do it. Uh, But maybe there's a different paradigm as we look at scripture that we can all recognize his voice in some way or another. And really learning to hear, just generally speaking, learning to hear from God, I found is kind of like learning to a, a foreign language. There's, there's practice that happens and there's, there's a, there's a trial and error process to learning a language in the same way, learning the language of the spirit takes intentionality and practice, and we can all do it. In fact, hearing from God is meant to be the normal and regular practice for someone who's a believer. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so hearing and interacting with God on a way, kind of like even a way that a friend interacts with a friend, even face-to-face, that is meant to be the regular pattern that how, of how we relate to God. So how does that happen? That's what we want to explore a little bit more. And so today's sermon, um, we're going to talk about a gift, a, a spiritual gift, and take a little angle called prophecy. So today's sermon title is called Empowered to Prophesy. So let me invite God to, to help us. Holy Spirit, would you come and help us hear from you today? We pray that any of the competing distractions and, and the noise... Um, I pray the, the busyness of life, the, the to-do lists, that all of those things, God, would uh, take second, second place to you and what you want to do. Have your way today. Amen. Okay. So when you expect to hear from God, do you expect to hear a big booming voice? Do you guys ever see uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail where the, the cloud, he's the cloud and that like girl guy with his hands comes up. It's like a like, paper cutout. He's yelling. Sometimes we have this expectation that God's going to come big booming in the cloud and kind of yell, real, make it real obvious. And you know, God has actually come in a cloud before, not in the appearance of a guy looking like that, but as a cloud. And that has happened in scripture. Actually, the first scripture I'm going to read, God speaks in a cloud. But in most cases, that's, that's the rare case. God usually doesn't come in a loud, booming voice in a cloud. It actually happens a lot differently. But even when he does come in a cloud, he helps us understand how he does speak to us. So I want to look at a scripture here um, <clears throat> in one of these rare moments in Numbers 12, 6 to 8. And you can pull it up. But basically, God's people were in the desert. They're really stressed out. Moses was facing um, criticism of his leadership from his core group of people. So Miriam, Aaron, these are his like right-hand men, and they were criticizing him, uh, you know, threatening him, whatever. They were just questioning his leadership. And God wanted to speak into the situation. So God came to them in, in the pillar of a cloud, and this is what he said in Numbers 12, 6 to 8. He said, listen to my words. 
When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So, I mean, there's several takeaways here. One of the things we see that Moses, the God's desire for people is that he desires, his heart is relational. God is, is a relation. He's not, God is not some mysterious universal force that is an impersonal connection. It's an actual, there's an actual relationship here. God desires to speak to us in the way that he did with Moses. But one of the other things we see is that God can speak to us in different ways. He can speak to us in visions. He can speak to us in dreams. And sometimes they have that kind of familial friendship kind of direct relationship where you hear from him very very clearly. And, and some people do hear from God in visions. Some people get dreams pretty regularly. My, my wife will often get dreams uh, where God speaks to them. Some of you I've talked to, God will speak to you through their dreams. Someone will see, see different things that God is speaking to you through. Um, and w- one of the things I love here about Moses and what we can learn from him, just a, another little takeaway, it, it highlights his faithfulness to God. See, Moses was faithful to the Lord. And when you're faithful to the Lord, you desire, you eagerly seek God, and seek his presence in your life, that's how you develop that kind of relationship where you can hear him. There's an intentionality that happens in, in your seek personal pursuit of God that, that is so important. And really, uh, as a leader, I just want to speak to the leaders in the room because there are many leaders, that that relationship, that faithfulness that you have to God forms the foundation of any godly leadership. In fact, any godly leader... It needs to be built on a foundation of a, kind of a rock-solid devotional life where you're devoted faithfully to interacting with God on a regular basis. That's, that's the foundation of any kind of spiritual leadership that we see in Moses. But he hears his voice, and God will speak to us individually. So the question is how we do that. Now, the answer I'm proposing today might surprise you a little bit because you could talk about personal practices, but really the best way, that kind of the big idea for today is one of the best ways to hear from God, if not the best, is to practice listening to God on behalf of other people. In other words, you can learn how to hear from God for yourself by giving yourself away to hearing for other people, by praying, and that happens in the context of praying for other people. This has been what, since I got involved in the vineyard over 20, 25 years ago, maybe at this point, that is the primary way that I learned how to hear from the Holy Spirit and how to operate in this spiritual gift called prophecy. It's the practice in community that happens with other people, learning how to hear from God on behalf of another person. Um, and that, that's a spiritual gift that is talked about uh, throughout the scriptures and it is used. Uh, I'll give you an example, the Holy Spirit using this gift. Paul, Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church who were very gifted people um, and they were using this gift and he was kind of defining, okay, what's the purpose of this gift and how do we, how do we, um, how do we use it in the context of the Christian community uh, and actually beyond a little bit too, but he's addressing that particular issue here. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 1 to 4. There's four verses. So Paul says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. So that's the gift of tongues he's talking about. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies 
speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Edify means to really, like an edifice. It builds up people in the church. We are the the church, the people of God. And so our our capacity, and, and, and certainly this has been my experience, particularly my capacity to hear from God was sharpened the most of any other maybe spiritual practice or things I've done intentionally in my relationship with God was in a, in a small group of people for tw- over 20 years, practicing in a small group, learning how to hear from God and having people pray for me. That really sharpened my capacity to hear from God. And I remember early, it was, took maybe a year or two of continual practice, but I remember one of the older women who helped plant the previous church, the Blue Root Vineyard Church, she's like, wow, you're starting to really hear from God. She saw a noticeable difference, but it just took some exposure over time and then just trying it myself. And I found for me, one of the ways that God spoke to me is that because I had built, I guess, a mental database of scripture, that a scripture would come to mind that would be applicable to the person. And so those things that come to mind spontaneously are often promptings from the Spirit. So you need to pay attention to those, and that's often how how it works. Revelation 19 says this, is that it is the spirit of prophecy who bears the testimony of Jesus. In other words, what prophet, the heart of what prophecy is, is, is Jesus saying something. If Jesus were to say something to you, that's what the heart of prophecy is. Or in other words, you could put it this way, a simple definition is hearing from God and speaking for God. That's kind of a simple way to, to look at this. And it's a gift, and it's the way it's meant to be used is for strengthening, it says here, encouraging and building others up for their comfort. That's, those are kind of the primary um, directives or the primary purpose of it. So whenever, whenever this gift is used, you want to ask yourself, is it comforting? Is it, is it, is it uh, building me up? Is it blessing? And uh, there's an eagerness to do it. So there should be an eagerness because if you, if you want, do you want to hear from God, number one, yourself, but do you, is there an eagerness in you to bless other people with what God has for them? If that's in you, if that's your desire, and I imagine if you're here, that's part of your desire. You want to be able to bless people. Then operating in this gift and growing in this gift intentionally, it should be one of the primary focuses for, for our spiritual life in terms of our outflow, not just for, for ourselves but for others. Okay, So, so that's, that's one of the key points here. So as we move on, so we look back at the Old Testament again. Not only should we eagerly desire it, but we should, in fact, expect this gift to be used. Okay, we should expect it um, and not just desire prophecy. Let's look at Joel chapter 2, 28, 29. And what Joel is doing, he's, he's looking, in, he's prophetically looking into the future about a time that wasn't when he was speaking, but was to come. And he says this during this time. He's speaking about what's called the end times. And afterward... I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Those days being the end days, the end times. And the end times are the period of time since Jesus came and with Jesus came the kingdom and there's an inbreaking of the kingdom until he comes again. And so there's this, this period of time in history from when Jesus came to when he come again. And these are the end times in which the Holy Spirit is being poured out and we can do the things that Jesus, Jesus did. And even though there are some people 
and you might know them, who are more gifted at hearing from God from others. In fact, this is a gift that was meant for everyone. It's for you. As we've said again and again, in the vineyard, we like to say everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to hear from God. You might not be as proficient at it as others, or you might be a little bit more proficient, but no matter who you are, where you've come from, this is something precious that God desires for each of us to do, to be able to encourage one another, to comfort each other, and to strengthen one another in our faith, or just in, just in life. So, we shouldn't expect only to receive words, but as part of uh, God's people, we should expect to give as well, to give and to receive. And what we do, when we do that, what we're doing is we're creating a culture of freely giving and receiving, a prophetic culture that is encouraging and strengthening one another. And in a prophetic culture in, within a church or in a community, that's a culture that is being built, encouraged. It's a culture of encouragement. It's in a culture of, of comfort. It's encouragement of strengthening and that happens uh, between one another. And I, listen, I, there's, there's many of you here um, who have, have given me such incredible encouragement over the last eight years that we've been together. And um, I have been blessed tremendously. If someone's praying and they offer me, this is what I felt like God was saying, that, that kind of encouragement keeps me going. And I just want to thank you, I, not personally, but corporately, every, every time that's happened. And just say what a difference it makes. Just those little words that we, we do on a regular basis. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that and pressing into it because it is, it is certainly one of the biggest blessings that I've, I've received personally. I know many of you have. But in the vineyard, one, one general rule we have is that when we do practice this gift, it should leave the person feeling more loved as a result. Okay, so they should be strengthened again. They should be comforted or encouraged. That's what scripture says. And when a prophecy doesn't seem to be that, okay, at least on the surface, we may not feel it. Um, and there's time for a correction. Like God might want to speak and correct someone. Um, but typically, that's in, it's usually in an encouraging and building up kind of, kind of ways. But when, whenever we might have question or uh, whenever we receive prophecy, what we want to do is weigh the prophecy because it's not scripture. Scripture uh, is, is God's um, inspired word that we, we hold, hold fast and true to. Prophecy is a little bit different. We need to weigh prophecy and see, be careful about what God might be saying. So in first, Paul gives some more advice, and in 1 Corinthians 14.29, he says this uh, as in the sense of like there's confusion happenings. One person says this, another person says that. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So, again, unlike scripture, prophecies can be wrong. You can get it wrong. And when you're practicing prophecy, when you practice this, what happens is you will get it wrong sometimes. That's just when you practice anything. When you're new or you're learning, even when you're experienced, you get things wrong. Um, and we need to, in, in, others, in, in order to become proficient at this, we need to learn how to fail. And to do so in a context of a loving community that accepts us uh, and creates opportunities for, for the freedom to be able to fail and make mistakes. So that, that will happen. And as we do, we grow. And that's, that's the way uh, we, we learn. And, and because of that, we don't say when we do prophetic, um, pr prophetic ministry, we don't make pronouncements. We don't say things like, thus saith the Lord over you, and kind of like say, this is the determination for your life. No, the attitude or the heart response that we have in prophecy is more like, well, I feel like God is saying this. Here's what I offer to you. It's more, um, it's more of an offering rather than a pronouncement. And so we, we do so, and we can do that in a safe environment. 
So here's a really a helpful process. I want to help you think through, some of you might be familiar with something called the inductive Bible study method, where there's a kind of a three-step uh, observation, interpretation, and application. But in that same way, this is a framework that I used in my Christian life and prophecy. I was totally new. This is totally new to me until uh, like my mid-20s. So this, I was really, this is an area, was an area of growth for me and still is. But there's kind of three phases. So when you hear a prophetic word, you want to think of it in three ways. The first is the revelation. The revelation is when God speaks to you. Like you'll get a, a picture that comes to your mind. There's a, there's a scripture that might come to mind. Or you, you get to receive a dream or you have a vision or you have a sense sensitivity. Again, God speaks to different people in different ways. So however he might speak to you, that's, that's the revelation. The second part is the, the interpretation. So you see a picture of a tomato. Well, what does that tomato mean? Does that mean that someone, I'm going to fail in my uh, performance that I'm going to do? It? Someone's going to throw a tomato at me? Or does it mean that I should watch more Veggie Tales? Or does that mean I should make pizza because my son really likes it tonight? So you, you could, God can give you a picture, but there's an interpretation that happens. And then the final phase of, of the prophetic ministry or a prophetic word is application. Okay, so here's what I saw. Here's what it means. Now what do I do with it? And so there's three different phases when you think about uh, prophecy, and you need to consider those three. Because when you're experimenting or when you're practicing prophecy, you can get one of those right. You could get one right, but maybe get one of the other two wrong or something like that. So I want to give you an example. Acts 21. If you want to read the story in more detail, I'm just going to give you the general picture. Acts 21, there's a prophet named Agabus who prophesied to the church about a famine. And then it happened. Okay, so he's got a pretty good track record. Like, this is predictive prophecy. He said, this is going to happen in the future. And often the prophecy we're kind of talking about is more discerning what God's doing in a person's life. But this is like a high-level prophecy. So he's got a good track record. He goes to the church. He get, takes a belt, and he wraps it around his hands. And he says, just as this belt is wrapped around my hands, Paul, the apostle Paul, is going to be sent to Jerusalem, and he's going to be put in chains. And so the people were freaking out. They were like, Okay, well, that must mean he shouldn't go to Jerusalem then. Makes sense. And Paul gets up and he says, oh, I'll, I'll read what he says. He said, he said to the group, he said, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm not only ready to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So what Paul, Paul knew that the inspiration or the revelation of that prophetic word was right. The interpretation of what it meant that happened, that he was going to be bound, there's something that happened. He's going to be put in chains or thrown in jail or whatever exactly happened. And the application that the community came up with, there's several people, they felt that they were saying, well, therefore, you shouldn't go. Like, if, if some danger is bad's going to happen to you, if someone came up to me and gave me a prophecy that I'm going to be thrown in a Bolivian jail at the beginning of July, I'd be like, well, I'll consider that. You know, I, I, maybe I shouldn't go then. I don't want to be in a Bolivian jail. I'd, but Paul's like, no, that means I'm supposed to go, and God's just letting me know. So in that case, the interpretation and the, um, or the, the, the revelation interpretation, right, but the application was, was uh, misinformed. And so that happened, that discernment happens in, in community with one another. So here's some questions. So if you, if you want to press into prophecy, here's three questions that help you discern the accuracy of a prophetic word. Okay, so number one, does the prophetic word align with what God has already been speaking to you? That's number one. Okay, so that's, 
often when you hear a prophetic word, it should confirm something that you've been praying about, maybe even privately, but you've never told anyone. And then the kind of this person somehow knows exactly what you were praying about. Okay, that's the first one. Number two, do trusted friends and leaders in your church affirm the word? You know, I've known people who go to these online prophets to kind of um, self-affirm uh, their bad decisions. Uh, that's not... It, the wisdom of community and what God's doing in a community will often help filter whether prophetic ministry is accurate or not. So do trusted friends and leaders affirm that word that you receive? And then third, what is the character and the track record of the person giving the prophetic word? So if someone has a pretty good track record, you can often trust them. And what is their character or their motivation for giving you that? So all of those things you want to keep in mind when, when you're discerning a prophetic ministry. So I want to give you a couple examples, and I want to apply it because it's, um, we're in our church. I want to apply it to our church. So our church has been given several prophetic words consistently over the course of years. Okay, so when you start to hear prophetic words, and they're independent of one another. So you know, I go to one conference, or, and then I'm speaking with a friend, and then another person, I travel out to California, and then someone says the same thing. That's, that's an indication that maybe God's trying to say something to you. Um, so some, I'm going to highlight two or three. So one was, uh, we, get, we, we kept getting this prophetic word about creative outreach to families and children. Um, and we've seen that. So, and then what we did, we did this performing arts camp uh, for a number of years, which that came true. And so we can wait and discern, was that from the Lord? Probably, that was a good word. And then this, what we're trying to do, we're building a new way of trying to be creative with what we're doing with this arts festival. That's another small avenue. Um, we've done in West Conchahokan, we've done puppets and different various creative things. And I think there is a giftedness and a calling on our church to be creative with our outreach to families and children. And so I would affirm that. That, seemed, that not only came true, but it's something we've done and we want to keep so I think what God's doing with that word to our church is to keep pressing into that, keep trying it. Another prophetic word that we've gotten um, is, uh, so this is, a, this is something, a sense that I had from the Lord early, is that our church would somehow, there'd be a, um, the vision is to, to be a blessing to businesses. or some kind of partnership between our church and local business. And um, so my wife and I, we, and our whole family, we went out to uh, Bethel. I want to tell you about a, one, one experience I had at Bethel Church. Um, it was their 6 o'clock service. It's kind of like our end of the month service. You know, it's a little bit more loose. It's like Holy Spirit comes. It's not as structured, and you do some creative things during that time. And it just so happened that at the end of that particular service, they did what was called a fire tunnel. Has anyone ever hear, heard of that? It's kind of a strange thing. It was, it was a little weird, but it was cool. Um, uh, I've, I've never done it personally, except this one time. Um, as, but what they do is they, uh, fire tunnels, they, they have all the students who are like training in prophetic ministry. They line them up, they, they create two lines, and they make basically like a tunnel. So it's a long tunnel. It's a pretty big church. So it probably was like, I don't know, 30, 20, 30 people on each side. And they pray, and there's, there's, I think, I don't know if there's worship, and no, I don't think there was worship in the background because they don't do worship at the end. So, but what you do is you kind of walk through and people like lay hands on you and, and bless you and encourage you and just pray for you as you walk through the tunnel. So you're kind of walking through um, 
And, and, it, and it was kind of fun. It was really fun. Like, people were, like, laying hands on me. It was like, like, what is this? And I was trying to close my eyes to not get distracted. But I kind of wanted to keep walking, but not so, like, my, Jess was in front of me. So I, like, pushed my head into the, her back like this. And she's like, what is this guy doing behind me? But that was, that was beside the point. Um, but as I, as I did that, and it was kind of, I was just, like, very joyful. I felt, like, very peaceful. But there was one prophetic word that stuck out to me. And the prophetic word, the person whispered right in my ear that there would be some kind of ministry, partnership between uh, the ministry that you do in business. And I just, that struck me as true. Because not only that, but I had just been reading, not only had we gotten a prophetic word and sense early in our church and some of the things we tried to do, but I was just reading a book about ministry and business, like the day before or something like that. So there was a sense of like, okay, the Lord's putting his finger on this. Keep pushing into this. Even though you don't see the fullness of how this is supposed to develop right yet, I felt encouraged that this was an area that we were supposed to, to press into, uh, keep, keep pressing into, um, even though we might, might not know where exactly the next step. So that, there's, an, there's an example of how, how it works. It kind of affirms what God is already doing to you. And the timing of prophecy, well, we leave that up to God. There's certainly other... Um, um, prophetic word we've gotten consistently is about growth, tremendous growth. And we're a smaller church, we're under 100 people. And so how, do, how does that all work out? I don't know. But that's something, again and again, we've gotten that word that there's a time and a season, whenever that is, that God really wants us to grow um, and expand in, in a really accelerated way. So prophecy, it's a gift. It's not only a gift for the church, it's a precious thing and God expects us to use this and wants us because it is a tremendous encouragement. So we're going to do an exercise in just a second. We're going to do that. Um, but before we do that, um, I want to give people an encouragement, and I want to kind of throw out a, a little bit of a stretch experience for everyone. Um, one of the most stretching but also uh, formative experiences I had was uh, a few years ago, at this point maybe four years ago, we went to a uh, New Age festival. I don't know if you, some of you were on that team, but we went to a New Age festival with this woman, Anne, who had been trained and been doing this for, for quite some time. And we gave uh, free, I think we called it spiritual readings for people. Uh, so they would line up, because it was free, and everyone else was charging money. I think the psychic next, in our booth next to it, they didn't, she didn't really like that too much. <laughs> but we, were giving, we had lines of people. Like, so, I mean, literal queue of maybe 10 people and we'd, we'd text them when their, their time was ready to come. But they would come and just consistently, and I had never done this before, and I'm like, why not? Let's just try it. But show up, and then I'm on the spot, and they're, they're, you're just sitting there, and you're like, okay, Holy Spirit. We told them we weren't trying to like bait and switch or anything. I'm going to listen. The way we're going to do, we do our ministry or this spiritual reading is we listen to the Holy Spirit and see what the Holy Spirit says, and then we'll share that with you. Are you okay with that? And they said, sure, yeah, whatever. And so we did it, and I was surprised. It's like, whoa. I was actually getting things, and people were like, wow, yeah, that really, really resonated. And one of the women actually came, uh, came to church and heard uh, Robin Morrison. He was, he was this really prophetically gifted guy the next day, and uh, she felt really encouraged. But, I mean, there's a lot of stories, a lot more to that. But I think this is an area where we can grow and, and press into. Prophecy is not just a gift for believers, but it can be, as Paul talks about, it can be used to convict those who don't believe, to help show them and demonstrate that God really speaks. When, when you say something that really resonates and is meaningful to someone and that encourages them and comforts them, it shows the reality of God's kingdom. And so that's what we're trying to do with this art show is just do creative, creative ways like drawing a picture, ways that we can 
uh, introduce people to this tremendous gift that we have. And it can be, the gift of prophecy and hearing from God can be used wherever you go, not just within the church community, but outside, and that's what we're doing. Um, you can think about John 4. You know, Jesus, John, John 4, the woman at the well, there's a woman who was a social outcast, encountered Jesus, Jesus said some things prophetically, changed her life. Not only changed her life, she said, told the whole town, there's a guy who told me everything I ever done. The whole town came to know Jesus. I mean, imagine, just imagine if we step into the full potential of this gift and what God has for us. I believe there is so much more that God has for us, including myself. I mean, this is an area that I want to grow, grow in, but I think we as a community can really press into this as one of those precious gifts, those precious treasures that God has for us. And throughout the scripture, God uses this illustration of gold as kind of a comparison of what his word is like. In fact, his words are better than gold and silver, but it's, it's an illustration of this, this something of value that we have, and we have value. And this prophetic gift is like a, a bag of gold that we have, or at least a coin, but it's one of the, the valuable things that we have to offer people, and we shouldn't overlook it. It's something we should eagerly desire to, to give away. And in fact, it will take some risk. We will have to uh, take risks with that. And that bag of gold, Jesus told a story about that. We can, in taking risks and trying this gift, there is, there is some things that are unknown. But as we do that, uh, and as we've said before, uh, that's how we stretch, that's how we grow in our faith, by taking risks, stepping out. Sometimes we'll fail, but, but failure is actually success because we can learn from those experiences. And so don't, don't neglect the bags of gold that you have. Okay, we're gonna take the gold and we're going to give it away. And I want to do that together as a community. I want to practice that together. We're going to give you some opportunity to do that in just a second. And certainly don't bury your bag of gold in the sand. And if you want to learn more about what Jesus has to say about that, read Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. But bottom line is we've got to invest the gold that God has given to us, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to just take a real quick two minutes or I don't know how long, it'll maybe take more than two minutes. But we're going we're gonna to practice it, and then uh, we'll finish up with a little worship, okay? Uh, by the way, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. This is just if you're eager to grow and try it, then, then do so, okay? This is an opportunity to uh, intentionally train, to kind of sharpen your language skills, so to speak. But one of the best ways to do that is just, just go for it. Like when you speak Spanish, you just go and practice, and you say weird stuff, like when I was 13-year-old and pregnant, you know, as a youth, uh, which I said when I was preaching in Spanish once, you know, and then they laugh at you and you go on. You learn, oh, don't say that. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do that now. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. A little bit different. As we're in our Powered series, we do a little bit more um, interactive. So step number one, and, and again, um, you don't have to participate. If you don't, you can just sit and relax and we'll worship. But I want you to uh, do that, and I'll just give it a limited time frame. I'll give, like like I said, two to three minutes. We'll do it real quick. Um, you need to go sit. We'll do it in pairs. So you're, just, you're gonna interact with one person. So go sit next to someone you don't really know as well. You can't, like, your husband or wife, don't do that. Like, you know them pretty well. Uh, so you go to someone different, like you might not know as well. If there's some people who know a lot of people, that's fine. But just go to someone you don't, like, know a lot of information about their life. And just go sit next to them now. So go ahead, do that now. I'll give you a second to do that. And then I'll get it set. For you want it. So just shift. I'll give you a minute. Go sit next to somebody. 
that you don't know as well. And then... Um, As you're doing it, step number two, step number two is there's pens and um, white papers, not the connect cards, not the connect cards, on the white table. So on the white table next to you, there's a little piece of paper that is not a connect card and a pen, and you want to grab that. Okay, so grab a pen. Step number two is grab a pen and a paper. All right. Okay, that's step number two. All right. Now, step number three is what we're going to do is we're just going to take a moment. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit. We're going to listen and see if God will speak to us. He can speak to you in any number of ways. You could even get feelings in your body. So, but particularly, because we're kind of moving toward art, try, try for a picture first. And if not, that's fine. Okay, so listen for a word or a picture, just one thing. If you get multiple things, write them all down. We're just going to do that for one minute. Just give you a minute to write things down. And if you do get a word, draw a picture of it. And then share, and then after that, we'll share. So let's just do the listening part now for one minute. And your job right now is to listen for the other person. Just write things on the paper. Doodle, draw a doodle, write, a, write words. Just write as many things as you can. We've done this exercise before, but we're just going to do that. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to help us. So let's do it. Holy Spirit, come. We eagerly desire the gift to hear from you. I pray that you would empower us to hear your voice. And for something encouraging, um, maybe surprising encouraging, uh, and would you speak and give us, give us uh, something that would encourage one another. So Holy Spirit, come, and I'm going to set a timer here, and just in one minute, we'll go. All right.